Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You wanted the best online sportsbook? That's easy. It's mybookie.ag. They got the easiest website layout, the best odds, amazing customer service, and payouts in only two business days. Check out mybookie.ag for yourself, and then sign up using promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at ChrisBGiannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from WinningCuresEverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 186. This is the Monday, January 15th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. We have got a bunch to discuss today. Holy crap. Coaching changes in the NFL, the NFL playoffs, coaching changes in college, Keith Jackson, uh, just all sorts of different stuff to get into. We're going to get into rumors. We're going to get into uh, NFL rules again. Just everything that happened over the weekend, we are going to hit on. So let's go ahead and discuss, first off, Keith Jackson. Passed away over the weekend. Melancholy Happy Trails. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, moment of silence for uh, he of Wonelli folklore. All right, we're good. Uh, I, I remember watching him in, in the early 90s, and, and you could always tell it was a big game when his voice was associated with it. And the last game that he ever called was that 2006 Rose Bowl, USC-Texas. One of the and, greatest games ever played. And, and I think a lot of that was because... At, he is just the best. He was always the best. So so we're going to miss having him. We hadn't heard him call a game in a long time. Um, let's go ahead and jump off of that. Uh, real quick note, Derek Dooley is the new offensive coordinator at Missouri. We did not touch on that. But Drew Locke is skipping the NFL draft to return for his senior season. I think he's going to be a top, top quarterback in next year's class. I think he was going to be a top two or three round guy this year. I think he will be even more so next year because you're not going to have Josh Rosen. You're not going to have, uh, what's the kid's name, uh, Sam Darnold. 
you know, all these guys, Josh Allen at Wyoming. You yeah, we don't, have we don't know who the quarterbacks are going to be for the next year. But they will have somebody. And, and Drew Locke, I think, will be one of those. He yeah. is built like an NFL quarterback. That is going to be uh, the biggest thing. So, so Derek Dooley has a chance of coming out and making an offense look really good really quickly just because he's got an incredible signal caller. That and, I mean, Dooley's going to have him ready for the NFL. Dooley spent the last several years in the NFL. Yeah, he, he, he knows a, what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. Exactly. He's not just a college football retread. Exactly. So. All right, so the biggest news of this morning, after Ian Rappaport has been reporting for a week that Mike Malarkey will be retained as the head coach in Tennessee with the Titans, we now have another Tennessee coaching search because Mike Malarkey is out as the Titans head coach. There has been nothing revealed about the details of his leaving. It was just a mutual agreement. I would say mutual agreement. That's all we know. But we're guessing it would be because he would not make staff changes. Yeah, they they were supposed to have this extension in place last night. We went to bed last night thinking this extension was in place. It was it was already kind of a done deal. And then woke up this morning to about ten o'clock this morning. Malarkey, and he's gone. Malarkey out. And uh, and yeah, that was my first thought. Is they want it to? Uh, You're fired. Yeah. And in case your <laughs> ears are fucked, get the f*** out! They wanted to make sure that they had a little bit control over assistant coaching moves. They wanted Terry Rubisky out, yep. the offensive coordinator, yes. because he was not running a style that fit what Marcus Mariota does, yep. right? I don't think he was developing Mariota either. No, he's not. He, he actually got worse this year than he did last year, and that is... A normal thing. They call it the sophomore slump for a reason. However, this was look. He at one point he had well, more this interceptions. Is your, this is your three. That's uh, you're right. You're right. So it, okay, this oh. would be a junior slump. Yeah, this but is, that but that shouldn't not, be. That's not normal. Yeah, that this is on him. I mean, and Jameis has the same thing. I think Dirk Cutter needs to be out. Which like, is just like I think weird. I think both of these guys should have been fired because you have franchise changing style quarterbacks. And they're regressing. Yeah. And if they regress under your watch, you're responsible for that. Yeah, I agree with that. So 100%. We so, both kind of think that the national media haven't really heard a lot. We don't know the details, but we both assume the national media is going to crush the Titans for this because he won a playoff game. How do you fire a guy that went in on the road to uh, you know Arrowhead? Well, especially when he game. took over a situation that was so bad. Right, so Kirk wasn't, or uh, what's his name, Ken wasn't. Ken wasn't. Um, Malarkey took over after him, and they had had so many, so many losing seasons in a row. They hadn't made the playoffs since when? Two thousand four, I believe. Yeah, the miracle um, of medal. I mean, uh, no, no, that was in that was in like nineteen ninety nine, two thousand or something like that. You're right. Yeah, the Titans yeah. had made the play. The Bills had not. That's right. But uh, but yeah, the Titans had not made the playoffs in years, and Malarkey got them back there, but. I think that had more to do with the GM than with Malarkey. Right? Completely agree. I think this team, under better coaching, would have won three games more than they win. And if you win three of those games, you don't host, have to play the freaking. Yeah, you're hosting uh, the, the Pats game. in the second round. You don't get the Pats in the second round, and you're hosting the first round game. Yeah, it's, it's like completely it changes different. the landscape of everything you're doing. So, you know, I, I don't know. The one team that they needed to beat. 
to 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 jump and get that home field were the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they beat them both times. They beat them soundly both times, but then they lose the games like the Colts at twice. Arizona. Can't well, no, they beat the Arizona. Colts. They beat the Colts, but they lost at Arizona. They lost to uh, the Forty ers They lose. They lose games yeah. that they should have won. And there just wasn't a sense of urgency. This team was way better than a nine and seven record. Correct. You know, and I understand that the Jags are really good, but they beat the Jags. They beat them. So you know, losing at Houston like fifty-seven to fourteen or whatever the crap that score was early in the year, like that that stuff is inexcusable. Can't do that. And and a lot of that's on turnovers. That's on play calling. That is, and, and it's been like that all year long. You can see that the quarterback is not being developed. You can see that the offense is not running plays that suit what uh, what he's able to do, what Mariota is capable of, and Mariota is able to play through it. Like it's it's pretty remarkable what he's done, even with what he's got, not only around him. I think Corey Davis is great. I think Rashard Matthews is all right. Yeah. But other than that, I, I think Davis is special. Delaney Walker is good. He's on the downward spiral, though, man. How yeah. many how many years can Delaney do this? He has carried that team offensively for, what, five, six years? Yeah. All right, I mean, so, a long time. So does this mean that Josh McDaniels is the next in line? That is well, the favorite okay. for the job. I think that's who they want. I think they made this fire because reports have been that Josh McDaniels is going to go to the Colts. Yeah. And I think they were like, not only can we not miss out on this guy, but we can't let him in our division. Oh, absolutely. So let me. So this is the question I got. And I think this is the one Josh is going to have to answer. And the difficulty is, is he's already had the ability to interview for the Colts job. He will not be able to interview for this job until at least after this next this Sunday. So he's got to wait a whole week. They've got to wait a whole week before they can even interview him. And, and interviewing means well, they can't try talk to, to sell his people. Him. Oh, go ahead and talk to the agent and find out how much money do we need to make uh, make this thing happen. Here's your two scenarios. You get to take over the Colts that are a complete rebuild, old, aging. <laughs> we don't like the yeah. Colts. <laughs> and and if, if any reports are right, maybe a healthy Andrew Luck. And you get to... <laughs> We've all heard this crap about Andrew that. Luck before. They, but, they but said for, at the beginning of this that. year that he was about... going to miss... One game. But we all knew that was that, wrong. I know. I have no connections but watch football, and I could have told you that's not going to happen. It's not. He's yeah. not going to play any. So, um, th- that's just a guy on the couch that made that call, and I was dead right. So, so anyway, so you're talking about do you want to rebuild a team 100%, which is a lot of work, but you get to rebuild it the way you want to, or do you want to take over a pretty damn good talented team and and you don't have to rebuild those are your options most of us would say give me all the talent and then i just got to find a few pieces get creative with offense keep the defense where they're at and we're really good but some of these guys are so ego driven and i don't know about josh does he had he's done things the so the patriot way for so long would he rather be able to walk into a place like the Colts and say, I want to rebuild this the way I want? I think the good thing about the Titans is that the ownership group will let him have a blank slate. Oh, the, no, He's that got is the more difference. talent. You've got a crazy owner over here at the Colts 
yeah. that meddles all the time. And then you've got the Titans ownership group that they will let you do whatever the hell you want. And I don't know that there is a lot of difference between Andrew Luck and Marcus Mariota. Oh, I completely agree with that. If you ask me today, I'm picking Mariota, and I'm not super high on him. I don't think he's going to be the Hall of Famer that other people think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But, but I, I also, I don't know if Andrew Luck will ever be the same. I don't, I don't think he will. Uh, that's just me. But I, I think, I think Tennessee is built to succeed, right? So McDaniel's went to Denver, and kind of had to build from the ground up there, and he did a pretty good job with it. Yep. You know, he he wanted guys that that would win. He won. He made it to the playoffs and won a game with Tim Tebow as his right. quarterback. And as soon as Tebow he left, everybody ran Tebow out. The first thing that he he had enough control to where he sold Bill on, hey, go get Tim. Yeah. And the Patriots brought Tim in to try to. I think Tebow just refused to play another position. But had they allowed Tim to play, or not allowed him, had, but like kind of had, forced him had into Tim, it. Had Tim been willing to say. I don't have to play quarterback. I bet they would have let him throw the ball a lot from other positions. Oh, yeah. Because, Imagine him at tight end. Because Bill likes versatility. The The number one variable that he wants from everybody, if you look at all the players that he drafts and he goes and gets, they're versatile. They can all play two or three positions at super high levels. Yes. Yes, you were entirely right. And it, McDaniel's coming into Tennessee. You've got a stout defense. You got a couple of playmakers. You got Derrick Henry. You got Delaney Walker. If he takes that got, Tim Tebow offense that he developed and puts Mariota in that, Mariota's he has accuracy accuracy issues. Man, I can't talk at all today. But he, <laughs> but he, he's way better than Tim ever was at throwing yes. the football. Yes, oh, a hundred thousand percent. Now he he can be accurate when he's not getting bull rushed all the time. Now he doesn't yeah. have a Demarius Thomas that Tim had. Agreed. That but, we gonna but, have to find. I but like that doesn't Davis, mean they can't go get it. But he's not he's not Thomas. You're right. But anyway. they, if as long as they because the GM that they've got, former Patriots guy, knows what to look for in drafts. Yep. He has drafted insanely successfully and that's the relationship too with josh is is you've got that situation over going to what's the guy's name john it, what john uh, hang on literally just had that's I, my, I don't remember his name it's john something but i know that he has been great in drafts at tennessee so far and he has made outstanding free agent signings outstanding signings. john robinson robinson that's it my so, our attorney friend Trey had him on the podcast before. I actually texted him and was like, "Hey, are you working today? Because if you're not, you want to come on the podcast and uh, and discuss this Titans and, and light up Malarkey and, and talk about it." And he said, "No." He said, "But but make sure you give Malarkey hell for me." So, we and here's the thing: Malarkey did a a decent job. I mean, you cannot argue with the fact that they've had two straight winning seasons. Last year, they would have made the playoffs had. Had Mariota not gotten hurt against the Jags like late in the season, um, th- I mean, and he took that from from a team that was nothing. No. But I, I still feel like a lot of that was the general manager. General manager put a lot of talent around him. I, and, and listen, Mike Malarkey is going to get a lot of praise from the from the <laughs> national media. Yeah, because he is a great dude. He he really is a a really from from everything you see. I, he comes across as a really great dude. Most successful coaches are super competitive, and they're all assholes. Yeah. I, I don't get that from Malarkey at all. 
If it's not McDaniels, who is who's the guy? Oh, I have no idea. It's one of the reasons the Browns refused to fire Hugh Jackson is, well, I don't think anybody that we can go get is going to be better than Hugh. So let's just stay pat for a year and, and, and see, see who what, the next see what we guys got. will be next year. Like, we, we've replaced the GM. We are hopefully bringing in a different quarterback. Hopefully Joe Thomas will come back. Yeah, like it, all of this stuff, you you hope for the Browns that that's going to be. And 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 so I'm I'm bringing that up to say, I don't really like many of the the coaches available for these jobs. I don't know who Arizona's going to. I don't know who anybody who doesn't have a coach. I know both coordinators from New England are gone. That's going to be hap- That's happening. Yeah, I think those both those guys are getting head coaching jobs, and I think they'll both do fine. Outside of those two dudes. And this is not me being a homer. I don't know who's going to be a good guy. Pat Shermer with the Vikings will be a really good guy. I think he's really happy working under Mike Zimmer. I think he is, too. At some point, we're not going to get into it here, and we might get into it in a little bit. I think the four coaches left in the playoffs right now are four of the best coaches in the NFL. We talk about how quarterbacks matter so much. Look at the quarterbacks. It's not the quarterbacks. And then look at the coaches. It's, it's what I texted you yesterday. I think Mike Zimmer is the second best coach in the NFL. He's It's the reason since he's been there, I've been on this Viking high, and I pick against the, the Packers every year, and people call me a fool. Some years I look like a genius. Some years I don't look so bad, but I don't win it because Aaron Rodgers is so good. But I, I all of that stock is, that guy's great. He was this close to being a Brown. Yeah. And that was the one year the Browns didn't change the coach after one year. Yeah. It's it's pretty bananas. All right, let's talk about uh, Alabama's offensive coordinator position. Brian Dable is leaving for the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator position. Uh, listen to this. After 2015, Kirby Smart, defensive coordinator, leaves to become head coach at Georgia. After 2016, Lane Kiffin leaves to be head coach at Florida Atlantic. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, who was only the OC for one game, left to be the Falcons offensive coordinator. After 2017, you got Jeremy Pruitt, the D.C., left to be head coach at Tennessee. And now Dable is the offensive coordinator with the Buffalo Bills. So who is next in line for both spots? Now, yesterday went crazy on Twitter, right? Yes. Um, I had – so I'm buddies with several people on Twitter that are Alabama fans. I'm, I'm friends with a bunch of fans of everybody. But Hugh Freeze was texting all sorts of people that are Alabama fans. And not texting – Sliding into the Twitter DMs. Do you think that he is clamoring for the job? Is he trying to sell himself for the job? Or has he already had talks with Nick and he thinks he's going to get the job and he's trying to build relationships? I think think the latter. I don't think that he's been guaranteed anything. Like, if, if he doesn't get the offensive coordinator position, it would not surprise me in the slightest if he's in, if he ends up like an offensive analyst like, uh, like his former OC was Dan Werner last year. And Dan Werner left and joined uh, South Carolina with Will Muschamp, and he's the quarterback's coach over there now. But um, it, on the defensive side, it looks like Tosh Lapoy is going to be the defensive coordinator, although that could end up changing. There's no telling. They brought in the uh, the defensive coordinator from uh, UT San Antonio, who was like a top 15 national defense this year. Yeah, they had a great um, defense. But he's he's a young guy, and he even as a position coach, he's going to be making oh, triple well, the money that he made yeah, at, at UTSA. Fine. So... So that's a possibility. Here are the other options for uh, offensive coordinator. Saturday Down South has got Matt Canada and Mike Shula as candidates, which is just asinine. Look, Shula has not been back to Alabama since 06 when he got fired. Yep. He still holds a grudge. 
And even though the administration that was there at the time that he got fired is no longer there. Uh, Nick, he, Nick swings a pretty big stick, though. Agreed, but I seriously doubt, one, that Shula would, would take that job I after just, being in the NFL forever. I think if if nobody else in the NFL calls him and Nick called him, I think he'd go. I mean, look, you work for Nick, you end up with a head coaching job or or a better job than what you got, right? I mean, we've seen it with everybody. So where Lane Kiffin may be making less money, like, look, he ain't getting yelled at, he's getting to run his own program, and he's living in heaven. Like, he's on the beach in Boca the, Raton. The problem is, is so, Nick is such a hard guy to work for. Right. I mean, Kirby Smart worked no, there for 11 years. years. He's the only guy that, other than Nick's wife, he's might be the only, that's the only, that's the longest relationship Nick ever had. I guarantee Well, that and Bobby Williams. Bobby Williams worked for him at Michigan State, got oh, the Michigan State afterwards, him, yeah. and then he followed him to Alabama. Worked for him forever. He was the special teams coach until, I think, maybe two years ago. Um uh, did you see Alabama picked up? I forget the guy's name. Uh, Texas A&M's special teams coach. No, it, huge recruiter. I think his name's like Jeff King or Jeff. Eh, I don't know. So why do you uh, think Canada way, wouldn't be a good fit? I think Canada. Um, now his offense would he, piss Nick. You think O didn't like his offense? Exactly. Nick would Nick would push him out a window. Well, Canada doesn't. I don't think he wants to be micromanaged. Oh, then he I think can't he wants to. Alabama. I know he wants to yeah. run his offense. Yeah. And I think Nick Saban has a lot of say in what offensive coordinators at Alabama end up doing. You think? That's you think? It's the truth. Yeah. That's why. That's so, why he keeps changing this position over. Exactly. Um, well, that and, and honestly, every offensive coordinator that he's had has ended up as a head coach or in the NFL. They would have ended up in those positions had they gone somewhere else. Nick didn't make them that. I actually think Nick hamstrung a lot of those guys. I don't know about that. A lot of them were made because of Nick Saban. I disagree. Like it, because we're just going to disagree. It, he brings a lot. Look, working at Alabama brings a lot of publicity. You're right. To you're, you. you're absolutely right. But so does working at Florida State. So does working at Ohio State. So does working at Oklahoma. All of the Blue Bloods, you're fine and you get a ton of credit. Nick is the only one out of all these big-time coaches that locks the offensive coach down and says, we are going to run the football. And and that has been proven to be a successful game plan, but we know that offensive coaches don't usually like doing that. Right. They want to be creative, they want to spread it out, and they want to put up big points. And and Nick won't allow it. He just won't. Now, he, he will allow... Some things, but but the the to play, run an offense, he wants a pro Lane style Kiffin's offense. offense that he's running right now is nothing like what he ran at Alabama. Well, no, but that's that's part because, because he, he brought in Kendall Bryles. No, it's not. It's because he wasn't allowed to run that offense. You do know that that they are like one of the top ten rushing offenses in the country. Yes, it's but not they're running it completely different. That agreed. So, so were the 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 Baylor all those years. Art Bryles ran the football more than anybody else. Right. So he brings uh, in Kendall Bryles, and he's able to do that, and it works but, really well. But it's totally different than how Nick runs the football. I, I agree that's with you. A, that's, that, I mean, it, it literally is speaking a different language. Yes, you're using your mouth, and sounds are coming out, but you're saying <laughs> totally different things when you look at how he ran the football or how, um, God almighty, my brain isn't working, my mouth isn't working, mouth's on. Down yeah. at Auburn. Malzahn does not run the football the way Alabama runs football. Agreed. They're both going to run it about the same. They're going to pass it about the same. But they're two totally different offenses. Agreed. Agreed. I, that's what I'm telling you. He He's going to control what the coordinator does. Right. All right, so here's the deal. These are the, the options for offensive coordinator at Alabama. Mike Loxley is already on staff there. He, is a, he was a former offensive analyst. 
former head coach at Virginia. Um, he he has been an offensive coordinator and a play caller before. Uh, he was the co-OC this past year along with Dable, although Dable called the plays. So he's a great recruiter. Kids love him. Damian Harris, who is staying uh, for his senior season, has already come out and said, yo, Coach Locks for, for OC. So the players want Locksley. Right How do you now. think Nick feels about that when players speak up to tell him who needs who he needs to hire? I think he'll have a conversation with him. <laughs> <laughs> that guy will either get off Twitter or he will stay on Twitter and that'll be the hire Nick wanted. Yeah. Um, the other options, Jim McElwain, uh, fired from Florida. God, we all want and, that. And I know everybody wants that, but everybody you got to remember, that. Alabama won two national championships with him. and with With the same way they win them all, Gary. Yeah. With great defense, great special teams, world-class running backs, a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. And remember, those are probably some of the best receiving cores he ever had, too. They've got one of the best receiving cores they've ever had right. right now. So, so McElwain, and that's the thing. McElwain doesn't help you. He, he, I think he can hurt you more than help you. You think so? Yeah. All right, so the other ones are Hugh Freeze. I think McElwain will be super successful. I agree with that. But that's just because... That's because it, it doesn't matter who... Successful. Yes, it doesn't matter who you bring in. Yeah. Like, it, it, whoever it is, there is enough talent there, and Nick Saban is going to do what he does, and that is just... It, it is what it is. That's right? right. So, the other one... Now, Hugh Freeze, I don't know if Hugh Freeze runs the ball the way that Saban wants that thing done, right? right. Now, at the same time... Hugh wants a job. Yes. That The, the difference between... Hugh and the rest of these guys is is Hugh has no pride. I think McElwain's the same way. McElwain yeah. just wants a job. Well, and and you'll get paid well at Alabama, and you can go in and and learn how to run a program. It, these are what it's basically been is rehab, right? It, it's for guys that want to get bigger positions, so they come to Alabama and they end up getting better jobs. They always do. So McElwain wanted to be a head coach. Well, he was at Fresno State. It's tough to get a head coach when you're the offensive coordinator at Fresno State. It's not impossible. But he goes to Alabama for four years. He gets the Colorado State job. He's successful there. He gets the Florida job, right? So it may not have worked out there, but it didn't work for Will Muschamp there either, and now he's got South Carolina winning nine games a year. So it, it is possible. I'm telling you, Hugh Freeze might be okay there. I think he would be a good recruiter. He was always a good recruiter at Ole Miss. Uh he may have skirted the lines a little bit, but at Alabama, it's not like Alabama's not going to skirt lines. Not not having a dog in this race, I'm going to be furious if Hugh Freeze goes there. Well, you think he'll be real successful? No, I think anybody's going to be successful. I think Alabama got him fired. I think the whole NCAA thing is because they beat Alabama. I, and nobody will convince me otherwise. If they lose all those games to Bama, well, then I ain't going to try to argue the same with them. <laughs> listen, listen. No, but yeah, there's no reason. If he doesn't beat Alabama, none of the NCAA stuff happens. He stays at, at Ole Miss. You beat Alabama. Well, no, the Alabama NCAA, gets you, the NCAA Alabama stuff gets you fired. started oh, I know before that. I know he that. ever beat Alabama. And it was all slap on the wrist stuff. They went balls deep. As soon as as soon as they started beating Bama, we can't have that. We, def, we can't have that. You, you're making us look bad. And, and so Alabama gets you fired, and then Alabama goes and hires you. That, I think, is bull. That's bunk. <laughs> All right, here's the the other that seems like a realistic possibility that has been rumored on Twitter all day. Chip Long at Notre Dame. He's from Alabama. 
he coached at Memphis under God, Norvell that first got year. To Notre Dame. He's been at Notre Dame for one year. Do any of these coordinators ever get that? Hey, you bounce around too much, like head coaches get sometimes. You know, you get that no, stigma really. that you know well, you, no, don't, because you don't it, last. You're going to go for way more money, right? So he's not making a whole lot at Notre Dame. And the issue is, Brian Kelly refuses to pay coordinators big yep. time money. He you're just right. he thinks it is ridiculous. It is asinine. There's no purpose in it. But look, anybody leaving Brian Kelly is not going to hurt my feelings. Oh yeah, okay. and that's I mean that's why Mike Elko goes to Texas A and M because he's making two million dollars a year as a coordinator. And if you can work for Brian Kelly, you can work for Nick Saban. Exactly. I mean, and yeah. and look, while, Chip Long, while Nick's an asshole, Brian Kelly is a pretty giant ass. Yeah, he really is. He really is. So I I think I think Chip Long is. That'd be a really good I hire. think that's the likeliest of it because you want to bring in somebody that, that has run something a little different that that understands spread principles but that can also run the ball because Notre Dame ran the ball like well, yeah, crazy. Look, look at their year. offense this year. Yes. Look at their offense this year. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with that, that, that would be the most Nick hire. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, McElwain and Hugh and, and Loxley would – They'll do whatever Nick wants because one of them already works for him. Well, and I imagine that Chip Long will also do whatever Nick wants, but he can also bring some different stuff to the table. But I think he table. already kind of does, and so you're not having to make somebody. You're not forcing a square peg into a round hole. You're not molding him to make him change the way he runs his offense. Hugh, Hugh is going to have to change how he runs an offense if he goes to Alabama. Agreed. N- not that he won't be successful at it, but it won't come natural. No. You know, you're going no. to have to learn to throw with well, your left he's hand. He's always been at the at the smaller jobs. That's right. Right? So, like, at this one where he's got all the talent in the world, you're going to have to do things a little bit differently. So, all right, let's let's uh, let's do a little, uh, a little commercial break right quick, and we'll jump into the divisional playoffs. Any time of year is a good time for Winning Cures Everything shirts and apparel. We've got logo designs in all sizes and in every SEC school's colors. Take a look at the different options on the website. Go to Winning Cures Everything and click on the store tab and access the official Winning Cures Everything store. This is Gary, host of Winning Cures Everything. If you're looking for affordable custom web design, business cards, brochures, and more, check out Kyle Seegers Designs at kyleseegers.com. Kyle offers full website design, monthly site maintenance, and content management system training. Remember, for all your web design needs, check out kyleseegers.com. That's K-Y-L-E-S-E-G-A-R-S dot com. You want it the best online sports book? That's easy. It's mybookie.ag. They've got the easiest website layout, the best odds, amazing customer service, and payouts in only two business days. Check out mybookie.ag for yourself, and then when you sign up, use promo code WCE50 for 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. Gary here. Thanks for listening to the show, and we appreciate your support with the podcast and the website. Here's how to keep up with Winning Cures Everything. Of course, you can see everything at winningcureseverything.com. On Twitter, we're at Winning Cures, or you can catch up with Chris at Chris B. Giannini, or myself at Gary WCE. You can subscribe to and review the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or any other podcast distributor. We're also at Facebook.com slash Everything, or you can email us at winningcureseverything at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 551-226-9899. Again, 
Email us at winningcureseverything at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 551-226-9899. All right, all right. You guys know what's up with mybookie.ag. Go check that thing out. Chris went 4-0 and in the divisional playoffs. I went 3-1 and because I made that stupid Titans bet. I just I had a feeling that it would be within it'd be within two touchdowns. I don't know why. It was stupid. But I admit I was wrong. Chris was right. Chris hit all four of them. How about the touchdown to cover yesterday? <laughs> I'm at my house by myself. My wife took the kids to Target because they just had to get out of the house. We've been iced in here in Memphis for the last three days. And that game ends, and I am screaming. And To get emotional when you're by yourself is just a little weird because you don't care what anybody thinks because nobody is around to judge you. Yeah. And it was the fact that it was the touchdown to cover for us. Oh, yeah. It well, because we we both it, had uh, what I minus got four, four and a half, and you got it four. Yeah, um, it wasn't until late Friday evening it went to five, which would have been a push. And Saturday, and then all day Sunday would have been five and a half. Yeah, and those poor saps lost, and and that's the way it goes. I mean, if you got it at five, it was a push. We'll get um, we'll get there, but yeah, let, let, we'll, great, we'll get to that. Let's great go on weekend. Let's start on Saturday. Okay, Eagles fifteen, Falcons ten. Um. Steve Sarkeesian shows again he doesn't know what to do with this offense. He just and I don't know what went wrong. I think he may end up being the OC in Seattle. I think please, it's please keep getting jobs. I think please, it's Sark. entirely possible that he he leaves the Falcons and goes to Seattle. That sucks because I actually like Russell Wilson as much as I don't like the Seahawks. Russell Wilson's really likable. This guy's going to kill Wilson. Well, and that's I, he's I not don't good. Know. Well, no, I, but I also think that he was successful with Pete Carroll at USC, right? Oh, that's different. Dude, we're talking about the talent we just ran through with Alabama and what they have offensively. That's what he was able to have at USC, and that was when the Pac-10 at the time was garbage. USC was the biggest dick to swing in the whole western side of the country. Well, as far as offense goes, that's what Atlanta has been in the NFL. There is so much talent all over that field. No, not in the NFL. No, that's just not and, true. And for them it's to just, not it's be just able not to. true. How is that not true? They have a lot of talent, but they're not so much better than everybody. In the NFL, everybody plays good defense. Uh, agreed. Or everybody plays offense. UCLA, punks. Oregon State, punks. Agreed. Washington, Washington State all those years, punks. Back in the early 2000s when he was at USC, all the Pac-12 was garbage. No, you're you're right. You're right. In the NFL, even playing against teams like Tampa Bay, they're going to show up play defense. You right, have to so, game plan or you get beat. So look at this. The Eagles, they score one touchdown and they miss an extra point. And then they kick three field goals. Yep. Including a 51-yarder at the end of the half that... Stuffed it, baby. A, a lot of people... Now, Jake Elliott... Memphis kicker, absolutely. Um, for him to miss the extra point, but then drill that fifty-one yarder with a second left in that, overtime or in uh, in in the first half. So, so I'm texting some buddies. As <laughs> as soon as he missed the extra point, 
I sent a text out to a group of guys that, that I talk a lot of trash with, and, and we've been texting all football season. I said, Elliot won't miss a field goal the rest of the day. And they were like, 51-yarder came up, and they were like, how about now? I was like, nope, right, drilling. right through the screws. He missed an extra point with his first kick of the day. Doinked right off the upright. He won't miss another one. This kid is stout. Yeah. And sure enough, straight in the and you know He won the game for him. Yeah, he did. Well, now, and, and, the, well Eagles the defense, defense but, but you got you still gotta find a way to get of points. Their world. You still gotta have points. And it was incredibly obvious that Nick Foles was not gonna score points, yep. which is hard to do against the Falcons defense. <laughs> but but still, like Dan Quinn knows what he's doing on defense. Mm-hmm. I got that. Correct. But it, the Eagles needed points. They got two field goals in the second half. That's all they needed. That's all they had to have. The the player in this game that I would have given the MVP to, who who definitely won't get it, but but in my eyes should have, being a big fat guy playing defensive line, offensive line my whole life, and and watching uh, those positions a little closer and everything else, Fletcher Cox didn't make a lot of big plays. He dominated that game. Oh, he he, he took up he, two blockers he every took, not just took up play. two blockers, but oh, and he, he still stuffed, made plays. He stuffed every hole while taking up two blockers, which meant they couldn't run the football anywhere inside the tackles. Yeah. Not just inside the guards. He he was so dynamic, but won't show up on the stat sheet that I, I thought Without Fletcher there, they don't win that game at all, and I don't think it's close. Former Mississippi State yeah. Bulldog. Yeah, I, so Fletcher I'm Cox. texting a buddy of mine, and he's where like, did he play before the Eagles? That's it. He got drafted by the Eagles. Did he? No, he's been he's been in Philadelphia ever since. Uh, maybe that's drafted. okay. Okay, no, I'm so, thinking of somebody so else. I'm texting then. a state buddy of mine, and and I'm telling him how awesome he's playing, and he's like, "Man, I wish Dak would be this good." And I'm like, "See, that's what pisses me off. You have a guy that's been in the NFL." That is without question the best alumni you have in yes. the NFL right now. And he's top three defensive lineman in the country, maybe the best defensive interior lineman in the country. Oh yeah. And and you want somebody else to be greater. Well, because like, you, you want the, the superstar. The, because the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers get all of the publicity. I, I just being they a guy from do. LSU until Odell Beckham came out. I love that we are DBU. I love that the NFL is riddled with secondary guys from LSU. From LSU, yeah. And and I don't think there's any shame in that whatsoever. No, there's no shame in it because that's what wins ball games. Like if we, that's a hundred percent what wins games. If we had a premier quarterback, I don't know that it would change my opinion of things. I don't know that I would love him more or support him more than I do. You know, watching. You know, Terry Lou or Patrick Peterson be the greatest cover corner in my lifetime. Yeah, for for as long as he's been. So that's the, the, that frustrated me because I'm a big fat guy. I like the I like the lineman. Be proud of the fact that that guy represents Mississippi State. He the, still lives the reason in Mississippi. that Mississippi State was really good this year was their line play. Yeah, the reason that the Eagles are really good this year is their line play. Alabama, yeah. Georgia, like you name it, it is it's it's the guys in the trenches. If you can control the line of scrimmage, that's what every what have we been talking about forever? And the shirt on. that we're going to release eventually, yeah. which right. is run the ball, stop, stop the, the run. run. Hang on, that's how you win. Every playoff team except for the Patriots dominates both sides of the line of scrimmage. They have great offensive line play. 
they have unbelievable Well, and the Patriots have good line. enough to be able to. Well, they have Tom and Bill. They have yeah. two exceptions that you have to. It's like you got to pull Nick out of the equation because it's different. When you got Tom well, but, and Bill, but Nick they, is not like it. It Nick having Nick Saban is not the same as having Bill Belichick and Tom, and Tom Brady. Brady. That's right, right? because it, Nick Saban. All right, Sugar Bowl or not Sugar Bowl? Uh, the national championship yeah. game exception to the rule yes because normally it's not the quarterback that wins games for you no but this wasn't the quarterback winning the game like it was the quarterback allowing you to have a chance to win the game the football is the best sport on earth because it is the ultimate team sport yes like everything boils down to did the line play well did your linebackers fill the gaps did they did they uh pass rush well did they cover their in this tight ends? Com- in this conversation, did the cornerbacks cover Cox, on man coverage? Like it, all of this, Cox shows up zero in the stats. I mean, just yeah, nothing jumps off the page. If you watch the film, he dominates the line of scrimmage by himself. Yes, and it allows the Eagles to win games. Yeah. 15 to 10. I, I'm, or at I'm, the end of the regular season when they beat the uh, the Raiders in uh, Week 16, where it's 19 to 10. Being a guy that loves defense, like, that Eagles. Foles is going to make this game ugly. The Eagles-Vikings game yeah. is going to be this. It is not going to be what we saw against the Saints, which is 30, 25 points. That, that ain't happening. It's going to be two nasty defenses getting after each other. That's football I like to watch. And the Jags and the Patriots will be similar, I think. Well, I don't know. I saw the Steelers make a lot. Let's get into it. Let's, get, let's keep going. All right, next uh, next game. We'll up. preview the other game. Eagles yeah. won fifteen to ten. The Eagles are now in the NFC Championship game, and they are hosting. They get to host uh, the Pats thirty five, Titans fourteen. This was not unexpected whatsoever. No. Uh, that was maybe the biggest coaching mismatch in the history of the NFL. Yeah, and I don't think it's in close. the playoffs. Yeah, oh, Mike yeah, yeah. Malarkey against Bill Belichick was just ridiculous to watch. Um, people want to talk about the officiating. I look. I watched the game as a as an unbiased observer. I, look, more yes, a Titans it, fan than anything. Definitely it, not a Pats fan. There there were a lot of calls against the Titans, yeah. and some of them were iffy, and there were some missed calls. But I don't think that it affected the outcome. The outcome of the game. It was going to be a, a three touchdown game, no matter what. That's right. So before this game even started, you're at my house. The wife invited some people over, which I normally don't do for playoff games <laughs> or any Patriots game. But but I figured. But it was this. It had I been, figured it was the Titans. Well, and we had been snowed in for. for that's right. Everybody God, needed like two, three days. We needed at to that see point. some people other than my children. So I, um, me and you were talking, and I said we were talking about the officiating in one of the other games. Not it might have been last week. Anyway, it might have been the Alabama Georgia game. No, it was it was an NFL game. Oh, it was the Titans uh, Kansas City. That's game. it. That's yeah. it. How bad that was. And I told you, you know, the reason I didn't bring up on the podcast how bad the officiating was in the Alabama Georgia game is because I'm at a point where I'm done bitching about it. I don't think any of these guys are biased. I think the officiating in every sport that I watch. NBA, college football, football, NFL. NFL football, Major League Baseball, and college baseball in the NBA. He said that five sports that I watch closely and then I watch the NCAA tournament come tournament time. The officiating is terrible in every one of them. Yes. And so I just think these guys are bad. I don't think there are any biases. I don't the the NFL took away 
completely fabricated something that wasn't real in Deflategate, took away a first-round draft pick, and, and, and benched the greatest quarterback of all time for four games and put a black mark on his resume that will never go away uh, for, for something that is complete fabrication and no, no scientific evidence to it whatsoever. And, and, and you think now they're trying to help them win? It just doesn't like, make any that sense. That doesn't make sense. In in the in the Alabama Georgia game, yeah, like the NCAA, the best thing for the NCAA is for another big boy to come up. Last year when Clemson beat Alabama, that was huge for college football. You still got to have Bama in the game, but then you get to have somebody beat them, and that's what makes college football better than having Bama just keep winning. So I don't think the NCAA or any of these officials are throwing these games. I just think they really suck at their job. Yes, I agree. I think they're 100%. bad. percent And people are going to say, and there's oh, no way well, to fix it. Like, well, well, the NFL doesn't want Jacksonville in the Super Bowl. You know what? I think that's actual bullcrap. The Super Bowl is not the World Series. It's not the NBA playoffs. It is always going to have monster numbers. It's, it's full. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who plays. I, I, like you think they want Seattle yeah. in there? I mean, I, it, I watched the Ravens in the in the 49ers. I, I watched Tampa Bay in in Oakland years back. Like the, the everybody the Colts watches and the Bears. Like these yes. were not great Super Bowl matchups. Didn't matter. Big numbers. Everybody watches the Super Bowl. It, it is what it is. So will the officiating be bad in this next week of games? Absolutely. Yeah. You, will you, it you determine will find the outcome of some of these games? Maybe. 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 But. But, but for we, the most part, probably at some point not. in time, you have to say this is a part of the game. Yeah. Baseball uses the language that I hate, but it's part of it. It's the human element. These guys are going to fuck stuff up. <laughs> they just are. Wonder if I need to go back and bleep that. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of half said it. I, it's all good. It's all good. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, no, we. Yes, they will always screw things up. This game was never going to be a Titans win. That, it no. didn't matter what it, calls were made on the field. And it wasn't going to be a Titans cover if you needed it. Like it, yeah. It's it just, it, it, it look. Just the worked. Patriots could have named their score. It it wouldn't matter because honestly, like they have the better football. When team. Brandon Bolden scores more points than your team does, that you, you can't win. You yeah. just can't do it's, it. It's impossible. So let me. James White wins. Let me tell you this. Brandon this Bolden the, wins. The one thing that I was scared of is. Derrick Henry's the biggest player on the field when he's on the field. Yeah. I don't think that we have a defensive player that's bigger than him. Like, I don't know that we have linemen that are bigger than him on defense. <laughs> you, you got linemen that okay. are bigger, I promise. <laughs> and I was afraid that Bill always takes away your best offensive weapon. Yeah. But how can he take away? He, I don't know how he, he did. He well, got, other, other teams have taken away Derrick Henry, too. The issue but they is have the dudes to do it. Well, no, he, Patriots how, don't have the dudes to do that. Here's you. Well, it's all scheme. It's oh all no, scheme. it was all scheme. So, but but here's how you do that. You you get up big, man to man, one safety in the back, and that's it. Well, yeah, but but you also yeah. score. And well, you, yeah, yeah. It, the same thing that the Titans needed to do to the Patriots, which was keep the ball for forty minutes. The Patriots did to the Titans. If you look, if you're up two three touchdowns. Derrick Henry has no chance. I felt like the defensive line and the linebackers were all playing the run every play. They yeah. didn't. They didn't pass rush. They got some pressure, but they didn't. Well, they, play they were the able pass to get. Rush they were all. able to get pressure with four, and that is a huge difference. We hadn't seen that from the past this year. Well, that's because you could cover guys. But, but I, I think a lot of that had to do with scheme. Yeah, you're probably. So right. I, I no, think they. Right. I think they were able to scout the Titans' offensive linemen because Taylor Lewan, the left tackle, was. Oh no, he got dusted. He, 
He was just a swinging door. Every play. That's all he was. He was he was a swinging door, and they got by him regularly. The Pats blitz very little, and yeah, you're right. Well, and everybody they didn't even have who, to blitz. Everybody like, this who was came with for, the yeah, guys. You remember the crossing? Yeah, right. So I know. Yeah. So where you've got the uh, you got the defensive end and the nose tackle right there, and they're doing a little uh, a cross. Just, just it's just a cross, Simple. but it's two defensive linemen. You're still only rushing four. Exactly, and and this the defensive end goes around to the other side, and Lawan tries to follow this guy, and he backs <laughs> up to chance. do it, and it's just and and by the time Lawan is able to figure out where the guy even went. It's like he had never seen this before. When we watched it live, I was like, the guard totally missed that dude completely. It wasn't the guard. And you were like, no, Lawan butchered that completely. And and so we rewind it and we watched it if again. If Lawan had jumped up and, into the line of scrimmage that's right. and actually pushed the, the pile over. That's it. You stuff that's it. all you got to do. You stuff that hole. You're absolutely and, and right. And he actually get, he moves up, and when the guy in front of him goes towards the guard, yeah. he actually backs up. And when he did that, the other guy slides in between, and he never even touched him. No, it, it was unbelievable. He's got big long arms could not reach his arms out to make. Contact. And this guy is supposed to be a pro bowler. Yeah, like he, uh, he's what six six three hundred and thirty pounds or what? I mean, he's that's a big guy. They will have to get better but, at the left tackle. Ooh, good gracious! That's anyway. just bananas to me. All right, uh, so the Pats are in the AFC Championship game. They are hosting the Patriots. First, Tom Brady has made the AFC Championship game. Seven straight years. 70.3% of the times that he's been the starting quarterback all year. How many Super Bowls will he have been to if he goes this year? Seven. Seven? No. No, eight. Eight. This will be eight. He's been to six. And it, and yeah, it he's could been be... to seven. He's won five. So this will be his sixth Super Bowl. If he wins. If, if he wins. If they make it and win. How ridiculous would that be if if Nick Saban wins his sixth national championship the same year as the Pats Patriots. Win, yeah, when they're well, and, and because Well, we'll get to that, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll get to that. That's Because <laughs> that's something I want to hit on at the end of this. Uh, the Jags' first game of Sunday noon kickoff, Central Time. Who saw this score? Well, okay. 45 <laughs> to 42, the Jaguars go into Pittsburgh. They are now 14 and 11 all time. In Pittsburgh. So this guy tries to get cute. And I'm like, I love the Jags. I'm going to bet the under because I think I think it's going to be real low scoring. <laughs> it, and the Jags whatever. got the over by themselves. By themselves, the Jags busted the over. <laughs> the over was busted at halftime. Not only did I take the under, I parlayed the under with the Steelers. So combined in this game, I just I, I lost I lost money in this game. Um, how I go 4-0 on my picks and still lose money on one of them. By the way, mybookie.ag, if you want to sign up and you want to go bet yourself, mybookie.ag, use promo code WCE50, that's WCE50. Uh, that's where we make our plays. That's, right. that's where we get our lines. It, great sports book. Yeah. Go check that thing out. It's uh, it's wonderful. All right, so back to what you were saying, so they, Jaguars. They the total is 41 and I think it's forty. Well, that's it was. It was forty one. The total was forty one at kickoff. I at think. kickoff. Oh yeah, that's when I did the parlay. So, I had my Jags bet all week. I, I added the under in the parlay. I, I only grabbed the Jags when it hit uh, plus seven point five. Well, I didn't care. Like what, seven and a half. Well, I is told when you. I, hit. I thought they were a live dog to win this thing. Mm-hmm. I, I I made that clear. I think they can win. Well, you you I'll told me that bets. when the Steelers defense was talking about. 
the Patriots. How, how they're going to beat the Patriots, and it's like, what are you doing? How do you how do you overlook like that's this is a team that beat you by three touchdowns after and, this, and you going to talk about the Patriots? I, I hate judging people after big games like this, but but this is how you judge them. I think Mike Tomlin has fallen the way he butchered the last two and a half minutes of this game might be one of the worst I've ever seen in football. Yes. I, they could have yes. won this game pretty easily how they played the third quarter and most of the fourth quarter. And he just he just fell apart. But the, the all right, so the the biggest one was the onside kick with like a minute uh, or no with like then, a little over two minutes left. They went for it on fourth and one. It was like fourth and half. You've got a quarterback <laughs> that has big in his name. All right, his name is Big Ben. He's the biggest dude on the field. Yeah, and you do some weird end around sweep. Yeah, it you need make half any a yard. Snap it to Ben and have him fall forward. It made no sense to me whatsoever. So they missed on both of their fourth and ones. Yeah, they scored a touchdown on fourth and eleven at the end of the first half. They scored a touchdown on fourth and five in the what fourth quarter? Yeah, is that right? Yep. So. Why you would not just run the ball right up the gut? It doesn't make any sense to me on that on that second one. The first one that they ran the ball right up the gut, they got absolutely stuffed. stuffed. And that's fine. But it lets me know that Tomlin did not trust his offensive line to be able to move the ball forward, at, at to move all. the pile. At all. And and you cannot win if you can bottom line, my dad used to tell me this all the time because he he used to help me uh he coached football, little league, all that kind of crap. But he was, he's one of the smartest football guys I know. True. The point of it is, if you can't move the pile on fourth and one. You can't win. You ain't winning the game. And you don't deserve to win either. No. If you tell me to win a football game. It's kind of the Bear Bryant thing. If you ain't got them coached up by 2 o'clock on Saturday, it's too late by then. That's right. If if you can't go out there and, and know that this is it. This is the game if we get this or if we don't get it. And you can't make one play to get one yard, then that's that's on that's just on you. The, the other team is just better. Yeah, they're just better than you, and you can't do anything about it. So, I, this Jags team is a little scary. Uh, yes, they line up perfectly with the teams that have gone into Foxborough and won because yep. their defensive stats, their offensive stats. Look, this is a team that runs the football and now, they stop the run, and they have got corners. I mean, these the, guys the are thing, unreal. The, well, okay. The thing that makes me feel okay about it is two. One, I just watched Bill Belichick take away the best player for the Titans. I think offensively, he's going to do the same thing. I think he's going to bottle up Leonard Fournette. It, I, think, but, I think our defense doesn't change at all. But here's the deal. I don't know what Blake Bortles is. He ain't as good as Mariota. I agree with that. I'm going to tell you that right now. Marcus is a better quarterback than him. It doesn't matter how you slice Look, it. Leonard Fournette had 82 yards in the first quarter. Did not break 100 yards rushing until midway through yeah. the fourth quarter. I would say almost the end so, of the game. So the Steelers found a way to get through it, but they were still putting up points. Bortles was making passes that I, I – and I understand that I've agree. seen him make them before, mm. but no, I he's, don't he's know never had a game he that good. He never had a game that good. And the odds of him having a game that good two, two, two weeks straight against is, a much better defensive coach team. That's yeah. just the fact of it. Um, so th- they're not going to score 40. I would bet the under in this game, no matter who you're going to take. I, I, Bill is going to make this a low score. Uh, probably in the 40s. 
I mean, I would imagine it's not going to be any lower than like 41, 42. It won't be 48, but it'll yeah. be there. Now, offensively, I was actually scared for the Pats watching the first half. I was thinking, man, I, I don't know how the Patriots are going to score. This defense is scary. But then then the Steelers were making huge plays the whole second half. And I thought, all right, there is something that they found that's a mismatch. And, and I think that Bill will be able to find that as well. I think you're probably right. I don't really know what that is, but I'm going to tell you this. If if the the Steelers scored almost 40 points Ooh, in the second good half. Good gracious. The the Patriots and the Jags, 46 and a half is the half. current line. Yep. That's the that's the current point total. Jags plus nine. It opened up at plus eight, uh, and it'll, then it it'll ballooned go out. It'll go under that. So the Vikings are uh, are minus three and a half, but the uh, – the juice on it is plus one hundred. Yeah, you're getting even. You're getting even money on that on the Vikings. Yeah, it's pretty uh pretty incredible. So, um, so yeah, I, the Jags scare me a little, but at the same time, they do fit the mold of teams that have won in Foxborough in the playoffs. You know, if you look back, it was what the Ravens and the, and Jets, the Jets and the Ravens and the Jets. Yeah, is that the only two? Yeah. Good gracious, that's ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. But those two teams <laughs> are built the exact same way that the. Yeah, they, it's it's all defense. It's and all running defense. the football, controlling the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and I having a quarterback that I won't think turn the Jags the ball over. can absolutely control the line of scrimmage. Let me tell you a a, a bet, the prop bet on another okay. site that I that I use sometimes. I'm not going to talk about them because they don't pay us. And right. uh, <laughs> my bookie just doesn't have a lot of prop bets sometimes for the NFL. Yeah, I found this one and I lost money on it, but it was over under. Number of interceptions thrown between the four young quarterbacks in Foles, uh, Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, and uh, Marcus Mariota. Okay. The over under was four and a half, and I thought that's going to go on over. I think all of them are at least going to have one, and one of them will probably end up with two. I mean, these are really good defenses. These teams are playing. Yeah. All these guys are playing against elite level defenses. <laughs> Out of those interceptions, one. Case yeah. Keenum threw one interception. Yep. Almost. That's, that's crazy that yeah. none of these young quarterbacks turn the ball over. It, it's Especially in high-pressure situations, right? Yeah. You brought up Case Keenum. Let's go on a move to the next game. Look, this is this is where it was at, right? This was all over the place. Vikings, Saints. Vikings win 29-24 in walk-off fashion. Look, I'm going to start off with this. Before we talk about the game, Marcus Williams, he whiffed on a tackle. Social media did this man wrong. And and you can expect it because that's what Twitter is nowadays for whatever reason. But he whiffed bad. He whiffed awful. But this dude was a, a, an all-pro as a rookie this year. Yeah. he Look, it was one spot on the biggest stage as a rookie – and what did Drew Brees say? Like, it, look, uh, real life is is the That's teacher right. here. Like, this experience is well, your teacher. It's one of those things where I, I tell you, I like I like some of these super talented coaches or second yeah. time around. Like, this kid will never make this mistake again. Oh, absolutely not. Ever, ever. He is going to be such a better cornerback because of how he played this. And everyone says, oh, well, he didn't want to. He was trying to avoid the pass interference. If he doesn't dive so early, 
He's not worried about the pass interference. The problem is, is he should have just ran through his tackle instead of diving. Well, he he mistimed how, what was going on. But how many times have we seen people dive, launch themselves, and make a huge mistake when all you have to do is just run through it? Oh, I, I agree. Like, if he agree, stays 100%. on his feet, the guy catches the ball, you're not airborne, so you can you have full control of your body to wrap him up, tackle him inbounds, ball game's over with. Yeah. Time is going to tick off. They're not going to be able to get to the line of scrimmage as far as he threw that ball and spike it. No, I mean, That's there was, there was one, there was, what, two seconds left when he caught it? If he had gone straight yeah. out of bounds, there would maybe, maybe be been one, one second. But but if he tackles inbounds, that is it. So why dive? Why are you launching yourself? So he did make a mistake. It blew my mind. It, all right, so when you're watching this play, right, it, it, so the the score is the Saints 24, the Vikings 23, yep. and you're watching it and you're like, all right, it's just a matter of, all right, do they get a play and he can kick a 50-something-yard field goal? Like if he if he gets it out of bounds and he made a, a throw to the sideline when when he caught that pass he wanted to go out of bounds he looked yeah. to the sidelines he but, spun and was about to go out of bounds when, when he caught that pass and because the angle on Fox was was so weird because you couldn't see anything behind him because there was there was supposed to be stuff behind it he was supposed to try and get out of bounds oh no that, when I yeah. realized that there was nobody my wife is in there watching the game with me right. And I am looking at this television, and my jaw dry. Like normally in situations like this, like you're screaming at the TV, That's like right. you're going bananas. I realize there's nobody there, yeah. and I'm just I was in dead silence. And my wife goes, "So was that good?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh yeah." I, I, well, I'm not biased here. I don't have a dog in this. Well, oh, you got so money like, on it. I, I got money on it, but I'm just the like out of bounds field goal doesn't win you money. I was I, I had already given up on the money. Oh, I never give up on the money. <laughs> never give up on the money. But I, I could not believe that there was nobody back. Williams nobody. was supposed to be back. He's the safety. I know. That's what I'm saying. That I could not believe when, that when he, he turned ran, around, it was he almost ran thirty yards it's down the almost field. Almost like you could see Diggs' eyes. Like he turned and looked at the sideline, looked in front of him, and was like. I mean, nobody here. I'm gone. I'm uh, taking did, did you see to the house? Did you see the video on? I think it was on Twitter and Facebook, yeah. where it's just a crowd shot from the back of that end zone, yeah. right? So it's like right. It's at the I, sh- I shared it out. Did you? And you can hear like the roar of the crowd gets a little bigger and a little bigger, and then it just and then they realize like it, when he catches the ball, it's kind of big, and then when they realize that there is nobody behind him. That place it was the loudest I have ever heard a stadium in my life. So let me let me in my life. let me criticize the Vikings just a hair. Okay, right. there are like two minutes left in this game, like a minute, you know, fifty something seconds. Oh, they did everything they could to lose this game, and they're playing for the field goal at that time. And I'm thinking that you talk about this all the time. You play a great football game for for fifty eight minutes. And then all of a sudden now you're playing for a field goal? Keep playing to win the game and maybe you get a touchdown and it doesn't matter. It was the same thing in the national championship game with Alabama. Yeah. Like, why are you you, you – Why have do you seen, stop playing? You have seen this kid – all it takes is one bad snap yep. or just anything yep. going wrong for you to miss a field goal. Your offense is rolling. Yeah. Your Why offense do you is stop rolling. Playing? And I think when you tell guys, hey, let up, 
play a little softer, play safe. Once you start playing safe, everybody's anxiety goes up, their paranoia goes up, and that's when you make a mistake. Exactly. And I just, I'm screaming at the TV. I'm, I'm texting a buddy of mine. He's just laughing at me. He's like, they're going to kick a field goal. You're not going to cover. I'm like, this is the most, Zimmer has been the best coach this NFL season. Yeah. Without question, in my eyes, I don't think it's close. I think he's the coach of the year. I, I but I lo- I'm by- I love this guy. I don't know why either. I just <laughs> finding super likable, and and you know he came from the Bengals organization, and that's usually where you know nobody good comes from. Yeah. But he's just unbelievable. And I'm thinking, what what are you doing? Why why did all of a sudden did you get so safe? What happened? Well, but Zimmer's always been pretty safe. Like that's that's just how he's wired. He's a defensive guy. Defensive guy. I don't like let your kicking game win the game. And when they've been they've been moving the ball on you at will the the whole second half. Yeah, they Drew Brees cut them to pieces in the second half. Oh, he absolutely did that. I I just didn't understand it. It frustrated me greatly. Um, But I'm proud they won the game. That if you don't, I, I, I texted this out last night. If you don't have a dog in this fight, if you're not a fan of the Patriots or of the Eagles or of uh, the the Jags, you need to be pulling for Minnesota. Yeah, I agree with this, that. This fan base has been so long without a championship. The Vikings have never won one. And you're talking about probably one of the best sports fan bases in the country are people from Minnesota. I, I just, what they're doing and how they're doing it, is unbelievable. That really is. 22 starters, 22 guys playing special teams, and and everybody's given all they have to try to win every week. Let's go on and touch on uh, on something right quick before we wrap this thing up. Um, first off, story has come out that Brian Dable reportedly wanted to switch to Tua Tongo Vailoa earlier in the season. I told you that. I know. We talked about that. Um, second... The Giants are expected to hire Vikings offensive coordinator Pat, Pat Shermer, Shermer as their next head coach. So that that doesn't surprise me. That makes me. sense. That does. I'm telling you, Shermer's the one guy. Now, if you're the Browns, you can't go get him again because he was one of your one and done guys. You hired yep. him, then you fired him, and but I, everybody I loses can't. at the Browns. Oh, he was it there for two years. So. Yeah, but yeah. either way, either way, um, let's go on and, and all right. So first, Keenum leading the uh, the SKOL chant as the Saints walk back on the field. Awesome and awful at the same time. Why is that rule in place? I don't know. It's not awful by what he did. I don't think he knew. No, 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 no. It it wasn't awful of him. I'm saying that is gut-wrenching for the Saints to have to come back out of the locker room. But why did they have to? That's what I'm saying. Like, why is that rule in place? the Vikings have lined up against nothing and taken that kneel? I mean, it shouldn't have mattered. But but can't you do that? Like, can't... Like, in in walk-off fashion, if there's no time left on the clock and that play will not help determine the game, like, if you are up by one point, yeah. then, yeah, you got to kick it. Or you're up by two or then, whatever. Yeah, I, no, I, I totally get but it. But some of these rules have to be based on whether or not it has any effect on the, the outcome. outcome of the game. Because that's my thought process. Now, of course, Vegas is why like, do you, you know. No, but even then, let's say let's say you. But have you can't rules. let Vegas run. But no, no, no. Okay, we have a rule in place that says you have to kick the extra point. So that determines, you know, Vegas making certain lines, certain ways, and they said, no, okay, I get it, because it changes the math. If you think that the last touchdown won't be seven, it'll be six. But here's my thought process around this: Why does the other team have to come out? 
I don't, don't think it's disgraceful, and I don't think it's anything unprofessional or anything like that. You get all the media people off. You get the Vikings to their sidelines. You let 11 guys go out there. You snap the ball. You kneel it, and you call it a W. Or you snap the ball, and you and you run walk it in. in and you get the like two-point conversion. You Either can way. determine what you want to do. It doesn't change the outcome of the game. Why does it have to have the other team? It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand it. So, it, so yeah, it doesn't make any sense. We'll move on from that. This will uh, this will wrap this thing up. Um, the Vikings at the Eagles. Case Keenum against Nick Foles. Two former Jeff Fisher quarterbacks with the Rams last year. How which shitty is, just, is Jeff Fisher? <laughs> he's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I, I'll tell you this though: Nick Foles is a little bit different situation than Case Keenum. A hundred percent. Foles is hundred percent nothing compared to what Case Keenum has done this Case year. Case Keenum made plays to win that game, not just that defense. Oh yeah. Uh, and then the Jags and the Patriots. Uh, Blake Bortles against Tom Brady. This looks like a mismatch, like all kinds of a mismatch. Brady's path to his sixth Super Bowl win will be Blake Bortles and then the winner of Case Keenum and Nick Foles. That is unreal, and it should let you know right off the bat. Defense wins championships. Run the ball. Stop yep. the run. Uh, just control the line of scrimmage, and, and you will be all right. And as long as you got somebody that's pretty good at quarterback, like Tom Brady can swing a game, right? That's it. But but you still got to have everything else in place for him to be able to do that. Uh, that's going to wrap up today's situation, but we will be back. What, Wednesday night? Sure. Wednesday night. About 8 o'clock Wednesday night, we will wrap this thing up. Uh, and we're going to record with, I believe, uh, Dr. David Ridpath. And he's going to talk to us about the college football playoff, the money that's made, how they kind of exploit some of these athletes, all this kind of stuff. We're, we're going to get into all sorts of stuff with him on Wednesday. And I'm sure there will be much more go on with the stuff that we talked about today. So until then... We will catch you guys next go-round. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You follow me at ChrisBGiannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899. And we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show. And until next time, have a good one, guys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.